You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Episode 306, 306 episodes of the New Utah Podcast. This is a little loud. Turn it down a notch that's there. A, that's a prime number and a prime episode. 306 is not a prime number, sir. You can divide three and you can divide it's two. two and uh, Look, six, any even number is not prime with the exception of two. Two is the only prime number that is even. Every other even number can be divisible by two. So it's not a prime number. There's nothing prime about 306. It's a prime episode. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know what I want? I do want to know how, how does a set of headphones that sits here on the desk all, all the time start to go out? I, I, I don't, don't, don't understand. Uh, cause they're built like shit in China. However, this is, this pair has lasted the longest of any pair that we've uh, yeah, had. Yeah, you've had that Maybe one. Maybe the cats gnaw on them all right, during the daytime. No, come they do. The little kitty door and come chew on your headphones. You'd, you'd, you'd see it. If yeah. they were. So the closest prime number to 306 is, I just want to be accurate here, 307. So I was next, week, so next, week, next week, week, next week, you can say this is a prime episode. Tune in also, next week for our prime episode. 311, another prime episode, also a shitty band that we will not discuss on that episode, because <laughs> fuck 311. See, we got all these exciting episodes coming up. You should listen. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> They're so listening now. I've so. got, yeah, one of my... Air sides is starting to go out on the fritz, but it's it just sits here. Yeah, I don't know. You know what the best headphones I've had in here are? Same. These you know Sony how much? Ones. You know how much these cost? Ten dollars. Mine too. Ten buckaroos. They're like the Nokia's of. Well, that mine are the same headphones. kind as his. They're only just, they're just purple. No, these are the Philips ones. Oh. There was that first. Mine are the Sony ones. That I first think. blue pair I had that really didn't last very long. And I had that gold pair. Those were expensive, and they lasted. Maybe a year. Yeah, However, that was back when we'd tear everything down after every yeah. episode. So, ee. and to be fair, those haven't just sat here. They have, they do go, our headphones true. do go on trips with us. And so they actually get kind of tossed around. It's there, true. But. So I got to start looking for another pair. Ten, you want me to just order some of these? That's what our guest uses these. Ten bucks, man. Ten dollar pair. And they, they work fine. You don't need anything special. It's like our crappy tent. The piece of crap so, tent yeah, that's the, still hanging in. So the cheap tent we got at Walmart for like eighty bucks. That dude, I can't, I can't do Walmart tents. The Ozark Trails brand, their shit brand. This is like like canopy tent, not yeah. like tent, not camping oh. tent. So, yeah, no. So it's the one that like, like farmers market. Yeah, yeah. And so we Heather got it when we went to Bear Lake the first time. So, what, so like three three years three ago, years, two ago. years ago. So she all, she only got it thinking, well, we'll use it that day, and it'll probably fall apart and be a piece of garbage. It's still holding in there, and Julia bought like some. I've gone through like three, two or three hundred dollar plus tents, and our crappy little eighty. So every time my nice tents break, I end up having to use that one. It has holes in it. It's got a bent leg. (laughs) So missing half the little beads. Yeah, I just haven't had any luck with the Ozark Trail stuff. Like the actual tents are garbage. They're like a. Like one or two use, and then yeah. they've got a hole in them or something. So it's like a one use garbage bag. They're, yeah, and they're not. <laughs> Are all garbage bags one use? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, unless you're like trying to be super eco friendly. And I mean, I'm like not blowing out my garbage or something. That's weird. <laughs> Extreme cheapskates—they could probably get away with it. 
I've used this same plastic bag for 14 years. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, completely yellow. If if we got to a point where we were actually camping again, like at all, like we've never really gone camping because it's not a brie thing. I did it all the time as a tent kid. Tent camping is not a brie thing. Yeah, I, I did tent camping all the time as a kid. I love tent camping. Uh, it's my, I am too old. To I loved it camp. as a kid. I liked it in college, but. Now it's just cold and hard. Every time I've tent camped as an adult, it's been horrible. One time I got stung by a wasp. One time, like a whole bunch of sand got into the tent. One time it rained and the tent was leaky. Like, no. I've really only been camping for girls camp. And I remember my first year of girls camp, one of the girls goes in and sets up her tent and sprays perfume everywhere. They literally had squirrels and spiders all over in their tents. Like they would open the door and squirrels would run out. <laughs> That's yeah. I don't <laughs> bunch of twelve year olds. For this non Mormon person, I've only gone tent camping with the Mormons, and it's not very. But see, fun. I I grew up doing it just like because as a kid growing up in Wyoming, there's not a lot to do, and we would just like when we were in high school, we would just throw a tent and a sleeping bag in the car and lighters and drive off and go camp somewhere. See, that's by what we river. did in college, being up at the U. Which is right there. Just go up Red Butte. Yeah. And go find a place to yeah. camp. Go hang out I don't out think where... they let you anymore. Maybe they didn't then. I don't know. What uh, they I mean, right? I don't know. Elizabeth Smart camped out there for True. two months. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's where they That's where they were. They were literally like right around, they right were over, over the, hill. the top. Yeah, of the and they were, they were the there monarch. for months. I yeah. know. Yeah. Like she could hear them calling for her. They were, at a, they were at a party that was at my friend's house. I know. Like... Because I was there, I was up at the U at that time. Like that was a thing. Uh, it was that's weird. Um, but, but yeah, that was our yeah, trails. We just we'd get done with classes. I don't know the week didn't have to be the weekend, and we'd just hike up up there. Yeah, back past Red Butte, and yeah, we went up to a cabin once up in the High Uintas, uh one weekend. One of the friends had a family cabin up there. Uh, and everyone got really drunk, and then they got pissed that we were all there, and something happened, and they kicked everyone out. So, you know, a bunch of really drunk college kids had to drive down the mountain <laughs> because it was that in the middle. That doesn't sound super safe. No, it was a horrible thing. It was actually really terrible. And like 10 of us slept in the same motel room in Evanston. That doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> when you sleep in the tub or something? How do you fit 10 people in a motel? A lot of floors sleep on the floor. There's yeah. a lot of space on the floor. Like when you're, when you're a... Who lays on the floor in a motel? It's going to be so nasty. 18-year-old college drunk kids. Drunk kids that, <laughs> don't care. That are drunk and don't have a lot of children. sleep at that point. <laughs> yeah, you, we're just trying to sleep off a bad experience at that point, so... Look, we slept on dorm just floors. Wake up hungover. I promise with, like, you, hairs in your mouth. Hotel from being on the floor. The hotel floors <laughs> might have been some of the better places I slept when I was that old. But... What, dude? What? You had a rough one. I would just, you know, let's just say I went to a bunch of pretty crazy all night parties. Like hotel floors are fine; they're a lot cleaner. They vacuum those. <laughs> College kids don't vacuum. Let me put that out there. That is true. Like, I can confirm. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sleeping on your four is probably disgusting. I don't even it's think full I, of herbs and rocks. Yeah, every time I, I walk barefoot, I, I get I didn't own a broom. stones in my toes. The thing is, with hotel floors, that's the one thing that's easy for them to clean. They <laughs> the vacuum floor. every time. Like I'm less worried about. I'm more. I'd be more worried about like the jizz and the mattress <laughs> than the fucking floor. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like 
They don't uh, clean the mattresses. Mm-hmm. They change yeah, they the sheets. Yeah, they don't deep but... clean the carpet, though. They yeah. vacuum it. That's all right. It's, it's fine. But that's a good point. Yeah. I'm... The jizz in the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's, I don't Dude, think that's what he was saying. Dude, I'm going to sleep in a hotel in a couple of weeks, and that's all I'm going to think Just about take... now yeah, is I'm what, probably man. sleeping on someone's jizz. That's what they use mattress pads for. Let me tell Yeah, those don't get washed all the time. Take a black light. No, no. <laughs> Looks like a Pollock. Take painting. your own sheets, like monks. <laughs> like a Jack- right? yeah, Jackson Pollock. Take a, take a sleeping bag. <laughs> there I are people that do that. Yeah. I actually make those zippy sheets that are just for that for people. I to do sleep usually in take hotel. my own blanket, so if I feel really Look, gross, a, that I sleep on the blanket. As a guy that sleeps yeah, but in the, the comforter, buff, gets washed even less than the sheets. I absolutely I mean, have my blanket that I bring. Yeah, but you're. What are you laying on? <laughs> my blanket. What are you? You're are laying you, on your blanket and covering yourself. Are you? Yeah, you do a taco. Are you staying in a Motel Six? No. Are you staying in a nice hotel? Probably a Marriott or something. Okay. They, don't worry fine. about it. <laughs> they okay. wash the sheets. It's going to be fine. Jizz mattress. Look, look, that's probably, that's still not a, that's still absolutely true, by the way. You're in a hotel. <laughs> Every mattress has semen on it. Duh. <laughs> but look, this is a guy that sleeps in a little in the, bit of pee. <laughs> this is a guy that sleeps in the nude, right? I And it doesn't matter. If I'm at the hotel, I don't care. I will, what, I you're just going to jizz on your hotel bed no i sleep in the nude though <laughs> and i don't care like it doesn't bother me there's a lot worse stuff like I'm, that's true look i scoop dog shit outside it's much worse than anything's gonna happen to me in the hotel room so hopefully we went from tents to this i'm not gonna get chlamydia in a hotel room by myself prove that's it good. <laughs> <laughs> don't stay at motel six yeah yeah i don't stay at those places anymore that's that was but hey again, they're keeping the when i was in you. when i was in college that was perfectly we okay. did one time with our soccer friends because they thought it was not be- a motel six but no, in like murder hotel in colorado literally like there was a murder like there was like like three doors down from they us. had the door open and the mattresses propped up and there was like a knife on the ca- like that was the same wow. hotel sean like yes excited. they had like, like a fresh murder they had like like oh. sort of kitchenettes had, in yeah, the like hotel like rooms. Yeah, like it was like a sink. It was like an extended fridge. stay place. And like we had put something in a top cabinet. Candy. And Sean opened up the cabinet and jumped up to grab it and like jammed her arm into the cabinet door so bad we had to take her to the ER to get, get stitches. Because <laughs> oh, it yeah. like jammed all the way down into her arm. You remember that? Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. So that hotel, Ouch. never never staying at that Yeah, if we ever again. were to travel with our soccer friends again, I don't care where they They were stay. all staying in the same hotel. We're like, okay, we'll just stay there. And literally, like, three doors down, it was like a murder scene. It was yeah. weird. It was weird. Um, so let's move on to happier things. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Jeremy, you said spring blizzard. It snowed for, like, ten minutes today. It's, so in Riverton, it snowed for, it snowed for like two hours, two three hours. Uh-huh. Oh, it's how much, for that long here. How it was much just stuck? very light. No. How much stuck? Yeah, exactly. That's it not was, a blizzard. It doesn't mean it wasn't dark. and It wasn't a blizzard. Okay, but no. la- okay, I have a story, actually. Last time we left here for from yes, our last it episode, started out of nowhere, it started hailing, and I'm... Going through the drive-thru to get some Arby's, because I was talking about how I wanted a sandwich. And that's when it starts, and it's pelting me, and I get through, and I pull up to the front, and the poor worker has welts in his arms, and the screen had just cracked on his register from the hail. Oh like, wow. right then. He's like, I they just, the hail just broke our computer one second. I literally said, oh my gosh, Jeremy and Julie got their cart just at the right yeah. time. Right? We just turned out on the Oh, he had like, like those are gonna leave some bruises. Yeah, I just started <laughs> well, editing, I think, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, that came down out of nowhere." So they they give you kind of a general idea for the bees, but I got a message today, and it probably had nothing to do with today's little no. storm, but postponed. Which 
That's normal. Very normal. Typically... Because they want to wait until it's going to stay warm enough that they don't freeze. Right, because they typically bring them out of California on those big trucks. And then they're going to sit at IFA for a couple of days out in the back on the pallet. So they need to make sure that it's going to be warm enough. Day do they in. sit out on the pallets for a couple of the days just waiting for people to come yeah. get them? Or do they, like, quarantine them for a day or two? I don't think they quarantine Because they don't have a lot of food, I feel like they right? would quarantine themselves because they well, kind of just stay where their they, queen is. They just have the sugar thing in the sugar there. water, which will last them... A little while. A little while. Uh, but inevitably, people don't come or people, because they give you a time frame when the bees come in. They say Saturday at this time till Monday or whatever the case may be. And they have people that either don't show or have or come late or postpone. So anyway, the weather's got to be good enough that the bees can sit out on that pallet. So, oh, speaking of IFA, um, so last weekend we went to the one over on 21st and like by Redwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fucking tiny. It's really small and super busy. And the parking lot's not very great. I don't know if I've ever been. It's technically closer to us than the right. one in Riverton. Not was, by much. It was kind of on the way. We had to pick up Phoebe's scans that were off of 21st South and 54th. And so we're like, well, we're already halfway I like there. our Riverton one. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice and big. It's that like double building. Mm-hmm. Um, but all, all the chickens. Mm-hmm. They got all the baby chicks and rabbits. Everyone and, on TikTok right now is just coming home with boxes of baby chickens that they yeah. don't know how to take well, care and, of. And, like, I heard I heard more than one conversation. Like one lady was like, "Okay, so they'll be ready to start laying in like August. Like they're not going to last that long. You're going to give up those chickens." No, she had other chickens or people that get ducklings and stuff for their kids for Easter. Yeah, you didn't hear the other part that that she was talking about. She had other chickens chickens that she's replacing. Yeah, Yeah, like kind of like what Jeremy does. Yeah, but there was like one lady that was buying it. She wasn't buying food, and the the cashier was like. Do you need food? And she's like, Oh no, this isn't our first rent. Like we have food at home. So there were people there that were legitimately buying the coops. And, and the then the there's kids in their college dorms with well, a single chicken. And the other thing is they're like buying like co- chicken coops and chickens and like I don't even know if they're really putting them in a place that they're zoned to have them. Because like I know my next door neighbor, they can't they they kept chickens for years and now they can't because the dicks on the other side of them said we don't want them to have chickens even though they're on our side of the property line. And it wasn't even their chickens causing the problem. It was the people that used to have them at the top of the street. They just let them roam around yeah. all over the place. But yeah, so there's yeah. like ordinances on, so, in terms of where the coops We'll end up with be. them. They'll end up at our house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Those two, the two chickens you got from my, my coworker, those were chickens that came with their house. Yeah, that's what he was saying. when I House chickens. They there came. were three. The Julia oh, there were three. three? No, I thought two. You chased we them. Got two. Don't you remember? There's two. Oh. Yeah, I know. I chased them. The so you should know. I how picked many up a lot of chickens for dad. So I don't know. <laughs> over the, I don't even know how many over the years. One-eyed Willie or whatever you named it. Puff Daddy. Oh, Puff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> over the years, we've inherited so many chickens. I mean, just people move away and they just give away. Well, the, chickens. the biggest one is they get them. And they don't realize it's just like having a puppy. There's a lot of work that goes into them. Yeah, it takes a lot up front. And they're and not it's nice de- and cute. And depending they don't do on tricks. the chicken, years seven to nine months before they start laying eggs. Five months in, most people are like, well, they're not laying eggs. This isn't worth it. Well, I- they're still babies. So I'll take them, and then when I get them, the, like the two I got from the guy you work with, they're laying like right yeah. on. Well, so. he just didn't like. They're not. They came with his house. <laughs> And it was they, free with purchase. Well, the thing is, it. free chicken with purchase. Well, it's not just that. They're, they moved. Free he, chicken so if you buy this house. He's renting that house out. They bought a house in South Carolina and he moved to South Carolina. So it's not like they're even there to take care of the chickens gotcha. that came with the house. So he's like, we got to get rid of them because we can't take care and of them. And they were scared of them. They 
didn't want to touch yeah, them. Yeah, that's trying funny. To pick Julia them shows up. up in her dress. And I was in my so dress funny. and heels running around in their chicken coop because <laughs> yeah. they were too scared to grab Anthony, their own chickens. Anthony, they didn't. They weren't their chickens. They came with the house. They didn't want they those chickens. Okay, but they saw me in a dress and heels, <laughs> and they sat there and watched me crawl around in to the mud. To be fair, sure I would have let fantastic. you do that because I wouldn't touch a chicken either. I don't care. I'll still, I'll still never forget the day that Mr. Fluffy Pants went after Josh and that's too funny. freaking ran across your oh, yard. Oh, that chicken was funny. I miss the he roosters. had such that, that rooster. So anyway, yeah, bees are postponed, which I I I would have actually been surprised if they would have shown up. I did plant my garden, all of it, and like someone's like, "Oh, you're really brave. You planted it all." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fucking lazy. It's not bravery. Like I know it was a lot of work, but I don't want to go back out there and do it again. <clears throat> uh, like part of it. So it's all planted. If some of it dies, I'll replant one or two things. I don't give a shit." So, yeah, peas and potatoes this week we'll be planting. We got, it's all prepped. Yeah, I, I did everything. I tilled it. Well, I did the weed removal last week, and then I tilled it up this last weekend, and I planted everything. I'm going to try broccoli this year. I'm putting cabbage in again because the plant seemed to grow. The cabbage just never really matured, and it's because I didn't give it any shade, so I planted it in the spot up against the wall. It's yeah, got a lot more shade. more shade. Uh, I'm doing radishes again. Um, carrots because they seem to grow. I dug the carrot area out quite a bit more. I'm still not thinking they're gonna. We're still gonna get some two-legged carrots. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm lazy again. I didn't really Thin clean out. And, yeah. Well, it's also like you. You really like if you want good quality carrots, you have to get all the rocks out of your soil so they don't grow around. It's too much work. So I'm gonna try <laughs> broccoli. Um, uh, I did a bunch of potatoes. We'll see. If did they... you pull out any of your compost? Uh, no. I might put that on top. Um, that's um, uh, I didn't have that much time because I also did the weed and fertilizer on the lawn. Oh, gotcha. It was exhausting, man. I was like dying by the end of that. It was a long day. Well, you were doing school stuff and then you did that. So yeah. Hey, Dad. Hmm. Since you didn't do a stupid joke, I made up a stupid one for you. <laughs> Where do bees go when they die? Where to meet Beezus. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, that is that uh, is up there with every other dad joke. He didn't um, pull out his dad joke card, so I made one up for him. What anyway, about your right. uh, What about your shop, Julia? Where's that going? Where's it's getting that there. You keep asking me for help, and I kind of ghosted you yesterday. So I was busy. No, it's it's getting there. We've got most of the walls painted. It's finally got a sink. Um, I'm starting to get shelving and furniture in there. Uh, products are going to come last. My security system just came in. I just ordered myself a register and a laptop. What day are it's you planning there. to open? Uh, somewhere in June-ish, maybe. I, I got to get insured, internet. So you two got to do your job first. <laughs> and then at that point, then I can apply for my city license, which you have to do like three weeks before you open, yada, yada. So that'll kind of determine all of that. But yeah, I mean, you can get your internet whenever. Um, and then yeah, the, more the insurance, the insurance that the city the, wants to see. Yeah, but the, the, the city cares about that. They don't care about your internet. Yeah, they yeah. don't care. I'm not opening without internet yeah, so that my security you. system works, though. So <laughs> no, I don't I'm not putting all my products in there with... In Murray. <laughs> Murray's not bad. It's not. It's a pretty decent area, but still, it's got its stereotypes, and I'm scared. Mm, you're so. in a nice part. You're by, right by Wheeler Farm. It's a nice. That's yeah, true. you're you're in a you're in a pretty decent part. I don't think I'm you're a cute have little there. cute little outlet. And what do you thingy? mean Murray has its stereotypes? It ain't Kearns. Midvale. It ain't Midvale. It's not Midvale. I don't know. It's not South Salt, South Salt Lake. Salt Lake. 
Like, I guess North West Valley. Valley. East, more. East, East Abington. Yeah, like, I don't understand. Like, it's none of the bad parts. It's not Glendale. That's where that other, <laughs> that's where that other Magna. IFA is. Yeah, like, there's a lot of bad places in Salt Lake Valley. I'm, I would I'm not gonna, consider yeah, Murray. I'm gonna say Murray's like more toward the, the upper. like the shitty parts of Murray are just old and there's like 70 year olds living in those houses. Like, that's, they're not gonna come rob you. No. Like, <laughs> like that's where Angie some little old guy in a walker coming in. Like that's where Angie lives. All your money. My mom is seventy four and she doesn't use a walker. Come on. Well, some do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, my mom's sixty and she needs a walker. True. I talk to people with walkers every day. That that's work. true. That is true. That's what your and job. Some of them entails. are only in like their fifties. Uh, last update for everyone. I don't because we haven't actually talked about it. Uh, but our dog, the mischievous Phoebe Rose, the one that's uh, you know farts and yeah. bugs everybody. The one that we talk about probably every episode because she does something that disrupts Usually us. Usually fart. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some bad ones. It's, it's, the, it's the big dog in her. That's just what happens when you have um, a big dog. Yeah. Also, sometimes what happens when you have a big dog is they tear their crucial ligament and they have to have surgery. And that's where we're at with her. Um, so when we were talking about getting her scans, it was her x-rays that we had to pick up and some chart notes and stuff like that. So she's probably going to have to have surgery at the end of the month, uh, is what we're scheduling it for, I think, uh, the end of this month. So that's pretty awesome to have to go through a several thousand dollar crucial ligament surgery for a pup. For a dog. For a three-year-old dog. Baby Rose. It's like she's old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's not though. She's I know, only she's three. baby still. And the thing that sucks is, like, dogs, once they have one crucial ligament tear, they're really prone to the other side. So She can be a wheelchair pup. <laughs> she can run around with wheels. I don't think she Or could. on a skateboard. Have you seen how active she is? Like, the second she's feeling better, she's, like, running and jumping and bouncing. Yeah. And, like, I mean, you guys saw her when you came in today. She went nuts. <laughs> So, so, she smashed her nose so hard into the door waiting for us to come up the stairs that she left a perfect nose print on yeah. your window. <laughs> yeah, when we leave that door open, her face, like, she, seriously, she just lays in front of it all she day. She just breathes into it. She loves looking out the front door. So Probably to watch all the pigeons and doves nesting in the tree in your yard. All right, with us this week is uh, Alan D. Geddes. Uh, not, get, what did you try to say it was? Geddes. Geddes? I don't know. Or Geddes? Gettys. Yeah, and Gettys. Famous artist. Like the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> That's not how you spell yeah. Gettysburg. It's not even close. There's like <laughs> T's and Y's in Gettysburg. Yeah. There's a there's like an artist, isn't it? And Gettys. And Gettys. Uh-huh. Spelled that way. Oh, is yeah, it spelled that way? Famous baby photographer. Yeah, but it, yeah those are dumb. spelled the same We're way. We're probably as... distant, distant, distant cousins. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, um, how are you? I'm... I'm well. Yeah, I, we just I brought you here to ask commute. how you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> and so I found it. You said it was to, a uh, commute from Layton. Uh huh. Layton. 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 Layton on mountain. Yeah, you're on the mountain and Layton. Yeah. Uh, and you are a, a tarot reader. Correct? I am. I'm a tarot reader and a magician. And a magician. Two of my nice. passions. Ooh. I didn't bring anything, but I do have a YouTube channel. Oh, Excellent. nice. We'll so, have to link a video. Yeah. I need to mark that down here. Tarot reader and magician. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever, like, perform magic tricks with people that you're reading their tarot? <laughs> I don't. I usually don't mix. <laughs> although I... Tarot are very different. Yeah. I know. That's why I asked. Like, juggle flaming something while you're doing tarot. Well, magician tarot. is tricks. Tarot is like, it's the death card. Oh, look, there's a coin behind your ear. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both associated with cards, and for some reason, I just have affinity with uh, playing cards and tarot 
Oracle cards. Oh, that sure makes a lot so, of sense, yeah. uh, for sure. Um, so I don't know how did how did we find you? How did you find us? I'm not sure. We had a discussion beforehand. When I don't remember. remember. No one I would can have remember. To look, I would have to look back. I think he just reached out to us. Maybe I did reach out. Okay, I was looking for local podcasts to advertise yes. where I do my readings, and and your name popped up, and I've listened to some episodes, and I think it's a great show. So well, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad someone thinks so. <laughs> I mean, we're we have one fan, guys. We, oh, I mean, we have one. Fan. We have at least one. Well, at That's least good. at least he thinks uh-huh. it's good enough that other people might hear where his business is. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I've been doing it for five years. In fact, today is Julia's one year anniversary. Oh, oh did you that. get me a present? Oh, congratulations. No, nope. you're helping me find yeah. insurance yeah. and internet for my job. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're helping you start your business <laughs> proper. Uh, your brick and mortar, so. I need, I need some help with that too. <laughs> <laughs> Her advice is free because she's his kid, but I don't know about everyone else. <laughs> you know, actually, we started, when we first started this podcast, the early episodes, we gave, uh, unsolicited advice on local Kickstarter campaigns. Uh, a lot of it. Turned out that it was always the same advice because they were always making the same horrible mistakes on Kickstarter. So. Yeah, so they soon stopped that. Uh, so let's, uh, let's, let's ask you the first question we ask every guest. What, uh, what month were you born in? April. April. So oh, July, baby. This month is your birthday. July yeah. conception. April 14th. Summer oh, loving. So, yeah. Probably like July 4th of 4th, July. Or, so, so. Alan Jackson concert where your parents had a concert. <laughs> Alan, Alan Jackson. <laughs> I don't think he was. Around I'm, I'm pretty sure now. Alan Jackson's a little bit newer. John I Cash? was named. I was named after the uh, famous astronaut Alan Shepard. Alan, Alan Shepard. Oh, yeah. yes. oh, there you go. There you go. It was one of his launches around that time. Kind of know. a spacey guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't kind know that mean. when you were born. You were watching they? the rocket launch no, but it on was, the beach. Yeah, Alan Shepard. That's very cool. Yeah. It's better than Alan yeah, Jackson. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm not really into country, so. Is anyone really into country? Uh, some I are, think it's apparently. like tofu. Yeah. People say they are, it's but. It's an acquired taste. It is. Maybe. People. I was hoping to see, like, if I could find a list of, like, all of the times that Alan Shepard went to space, because maybe there's, like, a correlation, but uh, I don't Possibly. think it. I don't think it. Uh, it's got a good list anywhere. I'd have to read too much. <laughs> that's, that's overrated reading, so. So, where were you born? In Ogden. I yeah, in Ogden. Ogden. Washington Terrace. Up oh, up. Washington Terrace. Went to Bonneville. Wow. Bonneville Lakers. Graduated so in 81. Utah boy. Yeah. Through and through. Born and bred. I was negative 18 years old. Did you uh, uh-huh. Did you run alcohol or liquor during <laughs> Prohibition <laughs> there in Ogden? And no. That's, that's a little <laughs> early. You tried to stay yeah. away from that. Ogden, Ogden was, uh, I mean, you grew up in Ogden, and like, when did you leave Ogden? I mean, you didn't go far. You're just in late. So. <laughs> right. So around 16, 17, I moved to Vegas to kind of <laughs> nice. pursue my magic <laughs> career. There you if go. you're going to do magic, yeah, that's the place absolutely. to go. Absolutely. I mean, there's some great... Uh, Magicians there. There's a Some magic club. Some real suckers with lots of yeah. money. <laughs> magic club every Wednesday where the local magicians get Wait, together. Wait, that's a thing. I go to Vegas all the time. Yes. I didn't know about yeah. that. That's because uh-huh. you're not Hard local magicians cafe. for locals. Yeah. He said uh-huh. we're local I magicians. I thought you know it was a show together. where local magicians go show off their stuff for everyone to watch. Uh-huh. See. They get together and show each other magic tricks yeah, and critique, it, critique they, each other. It's they don't let outsiders in, though. I thought it was because a show. They, oh, no. I think they could if you want to see some they, magic. But they do, There's they do magic shows. Yeah. So, who, like, when you went there, who who was like the headliners? 
Siegfried and Roy Siegfried was and one Roy. of them. Before the Tigers attacked them? Yeah, they're both, they've both passed away. Yeah. But I did a lecture in Las Vegas way back when of some of my original card and coin effects. And uh, I did it at the Magic Club. Oh. And Darwin who was an excellent magician, was the host of that club. And the people that went there to give lectures for the other magicians got free tickets to see Siegfried oh, and Roy. Nice. And so it's an experience. With the big cod pieces. I remember yeah. those big posters. So, yeah, let's, let's step. <laughs> I, I kind of want to step back. So you went to high school in Ogden. And what kind of happened right after high school? Did you go right to Vegas? Pretty much went to Vegas. For a so, we we <laughs> year and a half. And then I moved back to Utah. So, and. So why, why Vegas at 17 years old to say, hey, mom, dad, I'm moving to Vegas. I, I'm sure a lot of parents would be like, you doing what? Like, why? Well, he grew up in Ogden. That's not. Well, that's true. I mean, they're like, oh, OK, that's better. <laughs> I went with my brother and we were roommates. And so oh. it was, you know. Was he going to college or? He just needed a break. Or were, yeah, kind of a, a break. So, so was he going to college down there? No. Or up here? He, need, he needed here, a break. But he so needed, yeah. He just kind of wanted He went to, to Sin City. Get away from things for a while, and so I guess Vegas yeah, is a place was, to disappear. So, so were you yeah. were you into magic before you went? Uh, Definitely, I've always been interested in magic, sleight of hand. Uh, way back then, there were shows on TV. Of course, there's the David Copperfield that I'm sure oh, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, Doug Henning. Mark Wilson, and that goes back even further, probably in the 70s. Yeah, I was going to say, David mm-hmm. Copperfield was like hardcore 90s, like all through the 90s was when he did all his stuff. I mean, right. he's still there, and, and he's I still saw got shows, him. but... Yeah, but in the 90s, before you were conceived, uh, David Copperfield did big, giant television specials where he would make like a, Elephants an airplane disappear. disappear. Yeah, like a That's 737 cool. disappear. Exactly. I mean, However, on TV, you're like, well... Yeah, I never really got the appeal. I can make an elephant disappear on TV. I've always understood, like, the big daredevil stunts, like the high wire walks on TV, because that shit's a little bit harder to, like, fake with people. I mean, it's not impossible. But, like, the magic stuff, like, I don't... The cameras don't cut away. It's hard to prove it. That's bullcrap. Like, that could absolutely easily be faked on TV. Like, it's not... So I never really understood the huge appeal there for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So Well, like, making the airplanes... you know, camera tricks or anything. So yeah, that is legit. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't I doubt camera that camera tricks were as big of a thing. It's not well, like we had a bunch of special effects. It's not that you doubted. It's more just like eh, it would be so. Whatever, easy man. To I cheat, saw Ocean's Eleven you know? in the '90s, and I'm telling you, camera <laughs> tricks were just a thing back then too. Like oh they, yeah, they existed. Yeah. Then Chris but, Angel took definitely. over. Yeah, and I'm not Chris saying Angel. like, and I'm not saying that that's. I'm not saying that that is necessarily bad. I just there was always that question in the back yeah, of my mind when, watch, when watching Copperfield as a teenager. I was like, I don't like. I don't know that this is like. This legit. Isn't, I mean, it, it feels like it's probably like legit, but also at the same time, like there's that era of like, it is TV. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. That if you saw it live, I'm sure it's way different. But watching oh, it on TV, definitely, it's like because you're not in the atmosphere. Well, I, yeah, well and we didn't have know. giant TVs back then either, so you're literally watching it on a little teeny tiny screen. And yeah, 40 inch TVs were big and they were heavy as shit. Weren't they thicker yeah. than they were wide? Yeah, they and they, they were, were go wide. back way further yeah, than the actual width. Of the- well, and they were like like. The cathode tube TVs, all those freestanding TVs that were like the 40 inch TVs. That my grandparents had forever. 500 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The giant bubble screen because of the cathode tubes. I love those things. The old. They're really cool looking. Uh, so always into magic. You go to Vegas. Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, if you do magic in Vegas, it's like, oh, there's like stuff everywhere. The restaurants. 
performed in restaurants and that was yeah. always fun. fun. Worked how, for tips, you know. Oh, I was, I was going to say, how did you get gigs? Uh-huh. But if you're just working for tips. Yeah. And so, of course, working in that, that environment, then you could pick up clients. Did you do there. other things besides magic while you were there? Were you doing just like, you know, waiting on tables? He was dressed as Mickey Mouse, soliciting photographs. <laughs> Actually, I worked at Texaco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Being nice. a, you know, did so, pump the gas and clean the garage. Nice. Why not? Know, for a, you know, 16, 17 year old kid, that was a good thing. And it was, not you bad. know, steady employment. And of course, on the weekends and when I could, I'd, I'd do the magic. Yeah, why so, not? Why yeah. not? So, did you go down there being really good already from like just growing up in high school and playing with cards and stuff, or did you really get better when you were in Vegas? I was good in Ogden. I worked at Grizzly Bear Pizza, which is next <laughs> to the old bowling lane. Now we're talking seventies. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's kind of well, actually, late seventies. And so I did walk around magic at the pizza parlor and. There I was able to practice. Grizzly's Pizza, you know, there's my, a flash yeah. from the past. I know. <laughs> <laughs> was it like Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese's? Mm. You say Grizzly's well, Pizza and I just think <clears throat> Chuck E. Cheese's. They did have a stuffed bear, of course, yeah. that came out. and well, of course it did. You know. I guess kind of like Chuck E. Played with the kids. Kind of like, kind of the same like idea. You eat pizza and you have a mascot walking around. Yeah. and No creepy animatronics, though. No creepy That's, animatronics, right? That's no, Five Nights at Freddy's. That was like the 80s. Well, that, that was, was that was the hard- hardcore 80s, like showbiz. When the uh, electronics mm-hmm. came in. Cause they were trying oh, I remember showbiz. Like a goofy yeah. movie. Well, they're trying to knock <laughs> the, the, the bear jamboree at Disneyland came out and that's what everybody was trying to replicate was the. The showbiz pizza thing was awesome when I was a kid with those animatronics, but yeah. I look back at it, I'm like, that shit's creepy. <laughs> like, Yeah, but when you're uh, little, you didn't think that, that stuff was creepy. What's that scary show that we watched that they were haunted? Oh, no, it's the Nick Cage show. Um, um, what's it called? Uh, Slappy Fun Time Place or something? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, horror show. Can we call it Slappy Fun Time Place? Um, I think it's something close Nicholas to that. Cage, man, or is it one of his old no, ones? I, no, it's I mean, it's really, fairly new, but it's, it's not really like, Super new. new, but it's it's about like this this place like Chuck E. Cheese that closes down. Willie's Wonderland. There we Willy's go. Wonderland. I think we should call the episode "Slap a Fun Time Place." <laughs> but, but yeah, it, Willie's Wonderland. Uh, it's a great show. But <laughs> but they're haunt. The animatronics are haunted with like murderers, and they feed the townspeople feed them, and then Nick Cage comes in, and instead of getting eaten, like he yeah, because they're all possessed. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, he comes in to clean and like he's and he just keeps cleaning like that. Like they try and kill him and he kills one of them and he just changes his shirt and then keeps cleaning and then he gets tries to <laughs> see the janitor or something. Well, they 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 fake that they're gonna clean it and that's how they get the sacrifice to the the ghosts or whatever that are living that's in there. Just a, it's a thing. Okay. okay. Back to our guest. <laughs> it's a yeah. silent movie. Like he doesn't have any lines in the movie. He's huh. yeah. There's very it's little a super talking. indie. Dude, it's it's really good. You really have to watch it. You should watch it. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's 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 funny and gory, but I I loved it. I would watch it again. I actually, I 100%. I hate stupid, and I actually kind of I 100% need the shirt too, because he has like a Willie's, like it's like an old, like like an old lagoon style shirt. It's like the no, it's like the 70. Well, it's like the one that's stupid. What's his face? Napoleon Dynamite, where the color is light, dark, and the sleeves are dark, and the a baseball shirt. This not really. That's not a baseball. Kind of. Does it have the puffy lettering on it? Not puffy. I can't. I don't. But it's a t-shirt. But it's just funny. But it's great. It's a great show. Yeah. But that's that's that has nothing to do with <laughs> no, with no. Uh, 
With totally sidetracked. Okay, so you're in Vegas. What brings you back to Utah? My daughter. Well, I'll yeah. do it. So how long were you in Vegas then? Oh, for about a year and a half. Okay. And then was yeah. she born while you were there? Mm-hmm. And then right. decided Vegas decided isn't the place back. for kids like most people do? Right. I didn't have any family there either, so... Yeah. I figured the best thing to do is just when you're my that? daughter. Now she's well, she's going to be forty <laughs> this year, yeah. and so. But uh, that's we, how old Chris is. We text a lot. In fact, I was texting back and forth with her. She's very into numerology. Uh, she's an expert, in my opinion, and uh, she's into twin flames. I kind of mm-hmm. not into twin flames, and so we have these conversations back and forth, <laughs> or texts back and forth, and I think it's really cool. So where's she that we at? Can talk is about she local like or that. she? Yeah, she lives in the Leighton area oh, okay. as well. Nice. So you come back here because you've got a kid, which is a good reason. What What next? What, what do you do next when you get back to Utah? Well, I worked at Kinko's Copies, which is now FedEx, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was there for probably about 13 or so years. And, uh, you know, still continuing to do the magic and tarot. And from there, I worked at Xerox Corporation for a couple of years. So that was really cool. I managed uh, on site in Salt Lake. So how did you get into tarot? I mean, was that something you picked up when you were going to school, too? Or was that something that kind of came to you a little bit later? When I was a kid growing up in Utah, in Ogden, there was a place called the Fun Shop downtown on Washington Boulevard. And, uh, this was in the seventies, mid seventies. And, uh, I'd always go there, of course, to pick up magic tricks. It was like a head shop. Not only did they sell magic, but they sold novelties and black light posters. It's like the keyhole. Lava lamps. Yeah. Kind of like the keyhole. Pipes uh-huh. and LSD in the back. <laughs> and I was around 13. Probably not buying LSD yet. No, <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> a couple more not years. <laughs> I was around 13 at that time. And, of course, along with the posters and such, there was a, a tarot deck on the shelf. An old uh, Waite Smith deck, or Ryder Waite. I like to call it Waite Smith in honor of the artist Pamela Smith. Nice. So did you know what it was at the time? Or was like, oh, oh, I was kind of cool curious. Of you know the magician on the box? <laughs> And uh, with the aces, with the hand illustrations on them, you know, I was sold immediately. Uh-huh. And uh, I would dabbled with tarot until, uh, you know, about 1996 when I decided Wicca, you know, it was the path that I would, I would follow. And I'm still Wiccan. And uh, that was the inspiration I needed to continue to pursue tarot. And uh, so how did you discover Wiccan? Libraries. libraries. Weber County Library. Yeah, when I was growing up in the neighborhood. And they actually did have, you know, a few books on Wicca, witchcraft. Now, keep in mind, these were published in around the 70s. And so, you know, they weren't the greatest books (laughs) to learn from. Not like now where we have Cunningham, Scott Cunningham, which, uh, in fact, I even kind of reread that book recently. So what did your parents think of all this? Well, they accepted my, both my parents have passed, passed away. Uh, the good thing though is that I actually did give my mom a tarot reading. Oh, uh, nice. You know, before she passed away and I have a picture of, you know, on my phone. And so that was the way. Of so connecting. when you were in high school. So they were accepting. I mean, all my folks are LDS. Did you grow up in an LDS family? I did. I was born and raised. Never went on a mission though, but I just didn't have the testimony. 
Yeah, you went yeah. to Vegas. That's true. You did the that exact the opposite of a mission. <laughs> yes. I mean, let's, learned a lot of life let's lessons. Let's be honest. Well. A, a mission <laughs> is is a uh, just a religiously affiliated vacation to somewhere foreign for a couple of years. So. It is. You, you did the same thing. Only my brother. Got a, lot better experience out of life probably right my brother went went to france and saw i that was good for him and he still can speak french quite fluently which is pretty cool you know he's going to be 65 this year and so yeah that's you know, senior that's, citizen that's something that we don't talk a lot about on the show that is a very unique you uniquely utah thing uh, you know in the united states very few people actually speak more than one language. And here in the state of Utah in particular, because of the Mormon church and missions, there are tons of bilingual and multilingual people in, in this state in particular, which is not a very common American thing. That's why Utah's one of the biggest telemarketing states. Yeah, why we have so many call centers. And because stuff. they can get all these people that speak all of these different languages. Uh. So That's I mean, because when you when you when you deal with people internationally, you know, like the French or uh, you know even even Spanish speaking countries or you know most Asian countries, they all speak English. That's just mm-hmm. a language they all pick up early in life, uh, and most of We're them. We're just speak, stupid here. We just speak English, well, and mean, most I, of us not very well. Mo- I mean, most of them have two, three, four, five languages by the time they're done with school that they speak fairly fluently. Uh-huh. Um, and that's just not something that happens in the U.S. I attempted Spanish, but I just really wasn't that into it. And so yeah. I transferred to another class. And I think it's also – there is something to be said about difficulty of speaking another language here too because it's a lot harder. Outside of Spanish, I think that's probably the one big exception. Spanish and French it's really are pretty hard. similar. It's really hard to immerse yourself enough to really truly learn a language, whereas – you know, English in other countries, they speak, like in France, they speak French all all the time, all the place, but they're also speaking a lot of English in business dealings and stuff like that. And so being able to be fluent in both languages is actually pretty easy as you're younger and you pick up on that stuff easier. So I don't know. It's just cool. a weird thing. It's something about Utah that we don't talk about a lot, but it is a, a very uniquely, you know, kind of Utah trait. So so you, you get your first tarot deck. Um, how did you, I mean, did you just, because this isn't, we're talking the seventies. We're not talking, you know, the late nineties or, or into two thousands. Like there's not, you can't just go on the internet and look it up. <laughs> no. Right. So how do you, how did you learn, you know, what tarot actually stood for and like how to actually properly do a tarot card reading other than, Hey, these are some cool cards. Books. Books just are a great resource. Books. Mm-hmm. The complete guide to tarot by Eden Gray was my first one. And that was published in 1970. And so that was one of the first books that I got. And uh, I consider her, I don't know if you're familiar with Rachel Pollack, author, 78 Degrees of Wisdom. But that's kind of where I learned about the tarot and the anatomy of tarot, which is kind of different from oracle cards. Tarot is based on a 78-card system. There's 22 of the major arcana, which can represent our life experience as humans. And there are 56 minor arcana, which are similar to a regular deck of playing cards. And in fact, they've got uh, suits, they've got pages, knights, kings, and queens. Of course, the regular deck has jacks, pages or jacks, comparably. Same, same difference, yeah. yeah. The knights kind of galloped away, though, when the <laughs> when the regular playing cards were put together, so... And of course, there you know it goes from ace to ten, 
And so similar, there are similarities suits. to playing cards. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. so which, which came first? Did the playing cards get developed or were tarot cards developed first? And one kind of probably came from the other would be my assumption. Uh, playing cards. Tarot cards are practically 600 years old. One of the first decks as we know it is, uh, was the Visconti, which was published in around 1430. Fast forward uh, 50 or so years, uh, there was also the Solobuska. And that was one of the first decks that they started to paint scenes on the minor arcana or the numbered cards. Um, before that, tarot decks were similar to regular playing cards where they just had like the four of hearts. We just have four heart pips on it and that's it. Uh, the equivalent to the Four of Hearts in a tarot deck would be the Four of Cups. Same situation, you know, just four, four cups. Four cups, yeah. But Pamela Smith was one of the first people to paint a scene, you know, because she was a set designer back in the so, early 1900s, and she had that experience. And the artwork being an is artist definitely too. a big part of it now, right? right. I mean, having the artwork on the cards is... Well, that's part of what sells it. Well, exactly. There's literally thousands of decks out there. With, with Yeah, with all of the different artwork on it. Right. So, but all the decks are basically the same outside of the artwork, right? The idea yeah, but, of the actual tarot cards. The cards are all the same. The artwork's different on all of them. Right. And right. the meaning is basically the same across the decks. And, of course, that's, they're different from Oracle cards. But when you have that 78-card system, you know, there's similar meanings. And of course, the good thing too is you can come up with your own meanings, you know, through mm-hmm. life experience, and you know that way you can really connect and personalize your readings. So from to, there, to wrap up our timeline, you had Xerox, and then when do you say I'm done with this and I'm going to make tarot and all of this like my job? This I'm going to support myself. Okay, because so. that's a scary jump. For anybody, it really is to have that nine to five job, that paycheck every two weeks, and to set that aside for your passion is amazing, but scary. Yeah, definitely. Now, in between some retail jobs that I had, I worked at IRS for eleven years, and uh, I resigned in the middle of twenty nineteen because I wasn't <laughs> happy there. I wasn't living my dharma or, is, is or my any, life calling. So I got to ask this for, for someone that had worked it with the IRS. I mean, for those that don't know, the IRS has a huge processing center in Ogden. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at the ARCA. Yeah, there's a center, ton yeah. of people that work there. For for someone that worked there, does anyone really love working at the <laughs> IRS? There, you know, it's a good job. My ex-wife still works there. For me, though, with the stuff that I, my projects and my dharma, if you will, I resigned. I was almost 59, and I kind of figured, hey, I'm getting too old for this. you know. And so that's that was the incentive, uh, and I do have some investments, and so I am quite comfortable. And so I, you know, I figured 60 is going to be the time to where I go out and start doing what I've always loved to do, because now I have the time and the resources. So you quit that? Yeah. And then uh, what? And then I've just been doing tarot and magic. I've worked at several uh, of the local shops in both Ogden and Salt Lake, uh, being a reader and, 
And I haven't done magic for a while. That is another thing that I'm going to start doing more. And I encourage uh, you to check out my YouTube page and listeners subscribe. I've got 25 card mm-hmm. and coin effects that are some of my favorites. And so I'm still into the cards. So weird yeah. that you still mm-hmm. are into cards. Yeah. <laughs> Lifelong passion. So this is, you know, what I'm I, all about. Tarot yeah. and, and magic. I'm personally a huge fan of magic. It's one of my favorite things to go see. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the mentalist stuff. Neither um, am I, quite honestly. I mean, I think it's interesting, but I also don't find it as fascinating as some of the magic stuff. Like, I really like the art of trickery and illusion. I think it's fantastic to it's watch that stuff. Too. It's the mentalist stuff form. isn't quite as much, in my opinion, isn't quite as much magic as the other stuff. The, it's more just like being able to pick up on cues and things. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a certain you know. skill set, mm-hmm. pattern recognition. And, and, yeah. But I agree with you. I'd rather watch someone do the card tricks and yeah. the, the, that other type yeah, of magic. I, I love, like I've been to, I've seen, we've seen Penn and Teller a couple times and it's different every time, uh, which is really great. They're amazing. It's movies. one of my favorite shows. It's so good. And they're, they're having a new season too coming up. Yeah. Season nine. So yeah, I think in October is when the new season starts. Yeah. They're, they're really good. And in Vegas, like you said, Vegas is like a great Mecca for magicians and there's all sorts of great small shows. Right. I like to try and see shows when there is a magician that comes to town and does a show here. Um, they used to be the, when we were in high school, what was the guy that played there at the Mur- that Murray theater? Like, Something the amazing or some. I, don't I remember. remember Ravine back in the day. So I played. Of course, it. this was around the eighties. So this would have been late eighties, early nineties. There was the guy that played at the Murray Theater there on State Street, mm-hmm. and he was their regular. I oh, can't think I, of I his can't name. Think of his name something either, but ma- I do remember Ravine. There's some something the magnificent or something, like, and he was their right. normal guy. And then they'd have other people come in, but it was at that old theater on Murray. But I, uh, I remember, I remember seeing him a couple times when we were like, oh, the Avalon, come, yeah, the Avalon, oh, yeah, nice. Okay. Anyway, I re- I remember going and seeing that. those were always fun. They were some of them were pretty corny, but but they were fun. So to break it down, someone who knows nothing about tarot, can you give us? Uh, like a 40,000 foot overview? Yeah, just an explanation. Just someone who's got no clue what tarot is. Okay. Other than, hey, it's a dude that flips over cards and says they're psychic. Mm-hmm. Right. Similar to a regular deck. And uh, it's based on archetypes. And we as humans all connect with these archetypes. And uh, essentially, the client shuffles the cards. And uh, I love to do the mud pie method of just spreading the cards on the table I'm also a Reiki master and I work with energy and that's a perfect way to put energy into the cards. And so they can think about a question or this can be a general reading. From there, I will get, they will gather the cards and hand them to me. And then I will lay out a spread, which is kind of a pattern of cards on the table face up. And from there, I go through and talk about what the different cards mean. And more often than not, they can really resonate with the client, giving them direction. You know, it, it can help inspire them to go by their gut feelings mm-hmm. and help them make decisions. And I just think it's fun. I'm always, you know, always have a positive attitude about tarot, even though there are some negative cards or what could be called negative cards. Death. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good example. You know, the death card gets Sometimes a bad death rap. Isn't necessarily. I pulled a, that card yeah. before. Especially, yeah. you know, that James Bond movie, Live, Live and Let Die. Uh-huh. One of the 
characters was a fortune teller. And then, of course, she holds up the death card, and sure enough, somebody dies. But it's essentially change and transformation. Sometimes a literal death can happen. But when change... we pulled the death card, because we used to do a tarot card, and before we did Oracle at the end of each episode, we were talking uh-huh. about, like, the Mountain Meadow Massacre or something like that, and then he pulled the death card. <laughs> that was, so that was cool. literally death. And meaningful. That was, it was definitely coincidence. Yeah. So when somebody comes to you, what kind of, what do you get the most of? Is it, is it, I want to know about my love life and I want to know about my business or do you get? Well, there's, you know, basically three different things that people ask about, you know, love, health and money in no particular order. And, uh, you know, once again, it's good to see part of their life reflected in a spread in the cards. And uh, if they're asking about money, a good example would be if you have a spread and there are a lot of pentacles, which is one of the suits or of coins. the tarot deck. Sometimes it's or called coins. coins or discs. If there's a lot of those in the spread, then that can signify, you know, the the basic uh, message of the cards is, you know, about money. And of course, there are uh, the three other elements as well. But that's an example. You know, there are cups which represent. Uh, Right. You know, our emotions. Pentacles represent money and material things. Wands represent the element of fire. And that can be, they, they can also be associated to business, but there's that magic wand or a paintbrush. I've been associating the passions wands. and creativity. Yeah, exactly. When I work, when I've been working at the Monarch, I've been there since May of last year. Mm. They're an art studio in Ogden. And there we go. Okay. And so. Thousands of paintbrushes, and I'm there doing my readings, and I'm going, well, hey, wait a minute. Wands are very similar to paintbrushes. You know, they express creativity and whatnot. And so, a real cool association. And then there's swords, which uh, represent the element of air, thought, or on the opposite end of that, maybe worry. And so, if I see a lot of sword cards in a spread, that's when I think there may be some etheric cord cutting needed. Mm-hmm. I've combined the two tarot and playing cards chapter in my book. I've got how to read playing cards tarot style. Interesting. And, you know, it's the term of that is cartomancy, reading playing cards. But I've got my own system, which is closely based on, you know, the traditional tarot meanings. I've just kind of shifted those to playing cards. Interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. So there's wands, cups, swords, and coins, right? Right. Is that the, like, what is the truth? Because I know some of those have a whole bunch of other things that they possibly can be. What are the four, like, traditionally named ones? Is it the wands, cups, swords, and coins? Or is it, like, rods or clubs? or? It can be. You know, depending on the uh, artist, the creator of the deck, you know, it's basically up to their... What was the very decision. first one, though? Yeah. Like the original. Think, the original. Was it just the same as the I suits think the original, they did have suits. There, there are some other miscellaneous suits out there. Of course, I connect with the basic four, but there are other, especially, you know, in German decks and whatnot. There's like acorns, for an example, or, hmm. you know, other objects. There's the uh, Lenormand deck, which is a kind of a combination of a regular deck and a tarot deck. And it uses different symbols as well. Okay, we ready? 
The traditional Italian tarot suits are swords, batons, coins, and cups. Oh, so batons. Batons. Okay. See what the internet does for us, folks? (laughs) I know. (laughs) That was in her pocket. It was originally called Tarachi. Yes. And it was a game. Yeah, it was a game. The Ouija board. Like the Ouija board. Like Go Fish. (laughs) Parker Brothers make Uh the Ouija board. (laughs) Yep. Yep. They do. They do. Sometimes you can buy it at Target. Yep. Uh, So, I mean, um, where where do you normally do your readings? For now, I'm at the Monarch every second Saturday for their gourmet market. Oh, I think I'm doing a couple of those later on. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. They can be buddies. Right on. (laughs) Absolutely. And... Uh, places uh, right now. I'm looking for a place to, uh, you know, a brick and mortar shop I'm to do some readings, possibly. Right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, do you do classes then? I do. In fact, I'm going to be teaching a class on the 15th at Three Goats Gruff in Brigham City, mm-hmm. and that's a bookstore, and they mm-hmm. also sell antiques. And I'm excited about it. I'm just going to be teaching the basics of tarot, and I'm actually going to be doing a, you know, a reading mm-hmm. in class. I'm going to have a volunteer come up, and that can that will show my different techniques. I don't expect my students to follow my every step right. of the Celtic cross spread, which is something that I teach. But if they can take take something away and incorporate it into their system, right? Then I'm thinking that that's a good so thing. How do your classes yeah. work? Is it like? You can take just one and done, or do you suggest like two or three, or how do you have your class set up? I've taught uh, both ways, where it's a series of tarot classes. The classes that I'm teaching now are two-hour master classes, and so I try to talk about, you know, a lot of information just for a one-time deal. And if they have any questions, of course, I can get with them and answer mm-hmm. those. And so, but it just depends. Depends, too, on what the owner would like, because, again, it's kind of nice to have maybe a tarot class every month at a shop right. yeah. and focus on different things like tarot spreads or, you know, I've got chapters where I've associated the tarot with different modalities like the moon phases. I've got tarot cards that represent each moon phases. Uh, same with the Sabbaths. Uh, just different things, different modalities. Are there different times of months of the month that it's more popular, like a full moon, or or, or does that not really? I think full moon. Full moon. Everyone mm-hmm. loves the witchy stuff during the yeah. full moon. That's when they uh-huh. think of it usually. And then all October, I'm guessing. October, yeah. <laughs> right? Halloween. During a full moon is excellent, though, because again, you know, the the veil is thinner at that time, and we are more sensitive to our emotions mm-hmm. as well, and so it's an excellent time. And it's an excellent time to get rid of things that no longer serve us in our lives as well. But I think that's one thing people yeah. don't think about with tarot. They think, I just want answers. Right. But to cleanse or to get rid of things emotionally or whatever in your life, I think that's one aspect that people don't think about as often with mm-hmm. tarot. But that is a really good point. Yeah. Being a Reiki master, I'm into cord cutting, and with the tarot, they have sword cards. And I've got a chapter in my book which talks about the sword cards being related to cord cutting and how they can affect the seven different chakras in our system and uh you know releasing some of that sword energy that may be holding us back i like the sword too because that's the i've actually used a tarot card in cord cutting practices oh. yeah which with is a kind sword of cool. picture on it that's cool yeah so with Absolutely. your book 
tell us a little bit about your book. Well, my book is based upon a bunch of lecture notes that I've taught through about 20 years of me teaching classes. And, uh, you know, I, during the quarantine, <laughs> it gave me a chance to write down a lot of different uh, ideas. Quarantine was good and bad at the same time, but right. it sure helped with a lot of this Definitely kind of a stuff. creative outlet for a lot of people, it seems. <laughs> exactly. We've had a lot of people well, come the, on that started businesses the during The guy that it. did the wood gnomes. Yeah, he just... Yeah. The little wooden wizards. He just started doing during that during COVID. COVID. He just started doing. Just started whittling so, wizards out of logs. So yeah, right. So I mean, good and bad through the through all of that. But yeah, a chance mm -hmm. to hone in on this stuff. Exactly. And I've got twelve chapters. Um, I talk about the fool's journey, my interpretation of it, and then I talk about you know the Celtic cross spread, my interpretation of that, and. Uh, so is it a is it a a mix of different cultures? Where because if you've got Celtic, obviously that comes from Ireland. So the Celtic crafts, that's just the layout you're putting down on the table oh, in the so order not, you flip the cards. Kind of it's what it's called. Cross. It's just the picture you make yeah. on the table with the cards. Right. Okay, so it's yeah. not it's not pulling from just, different yeah. cultures or necessarily. No. Okay, no. gotcha. See the lame person who doesn't know all that much. Okay. The fool's glad, journey. So basically, tarot goes through a full story of one person. You are just pulling out different pieces of the story hmm. that represent you. Right. Interesting. And uh, I've got a chapter, you know, being a Reiki master, uh, my treatment of associating that art mm -hmm. with the sword cards. Uh, again, I've got, uh, you know, tarot card associations with the eight phases of the moon and the sabbats so when somebody takes your class is is the book part of the class do they, it is they get the so part of the registration fee right that's kind of cool yeah you get your own little book to take home and stuff uh -huh. and it's pretty Mark much self-contained yeah i've got uh you know my definitions are the ones that i resonate with with my ideas of all 78 cards in the back and does it actually teach you how to do it or is it more of a theory and it's a step-by-step step so step-by-step step. so if somebody would get your book mm -hmm. they could actually do a complete tarot reading exactly quite honestly this is written kind of like a magic sleight of hand instruction oh, book nice where oh. you have an introduction of what you know what you can do and then from there you look at the chapter and it gives step-by-step -step instructions so it's not quite as like hoodoo magic-y, what the heck am I reading? It's more right. like a logical step-by-step -step instruction. And there is a structure, but I like to balance intuition with knowledge. Mm -hmm. But I'm very, this is one of my passions, and so there's a bunch of knowledge. Obviously. Can someone get your book outside of the classes? I'm currently working on that to, you know, get it self-published. I was going to say, I'll you mentioned put them Kickstarter. for sale in my shop yeah. if you want. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah Kickstarter is so a I good way to... I do consign that all the time right. for people. I'm just kind of starting out on my path is just doing tarot and magic and mm -hmm. publishing my book. And so it's still in the beginning phases and I'm sure I could, you know, add to my book and change it. It's a word document. So I'm always changing it anyway because yeah. OCD and uh, everything has to be perfect. <laughs> if you can of get it on like Kindle mm -hmm. and I know you can publish, you can self publish books super easy on Amazon. If you can right. get it so people can download it on Kindle, then you don't even have to worry about getting it like actually printed with it. That's true. In this day and, and age, then, that's a big thing. And then people can pull it up on their phone, because that's what I would do. I screenshot stuff like articles and whatever, and I'd just pull them up on my phone. And then someone can just kind of scroll through it. Mm -hmm. This younger generation doesn't like books. I know. And 
And I'm of the older generation, so well, you I'm somewhat uh, technically challenged as yeah. well. So, so uh, what's your favorite tarot deck that you own? The Waitsmith. The Waitsmith. That's my go-to deck. I have a respectable collection of how, about 50. How worn oh down God. How worn down is the Waitsmith deck? <laughs> what I do is I buy new Oh, you have the same one it. over and over? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, if they, you know, show where, then I'll open up another one. That's, I have a, a like deck. It's like a deck of playing cards. Yeah, Exactly. And so I've got several of the Radiance awesome. Rider Weight deck. And so if somebody spills a drink on them, whatever, I've got backup. But this, yeah, this is the one that I really resonate with. Have you ever thought of making yeah. your own? No, I haven't. I've thought about maybe uh, including the interpretations for an author that is interested in making hmm. their own. Which I think would be a good. It's a idea. lot of work to draw that many it corresponding. Is. Well, you would definitely you'd hire out. You'd hire out the artwork. Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could. I do mean, it all yourself. like I said, we we looked at one that was completely done by one artist at uh, at uh, Fanex last yeah. year. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, it, we we looked at it for Julia, but it was way too expensive. <laughs> Thank you for thinking of me. It was at least. really expensive. Yeah, um, no, but I yeah, I definitely. <laughs> I've seen I've seen more than just that. You know, there's there's a lot of artists that do full full decks, um, but it, it's it's right. a ton of work. I mean, you're talking about what seventy two cards? Is that what you said? Seventy eight. Yeah, seventy eight. Coming up with artwork for seventy eight. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah, but if you're an artist and that if that's what you do, you know. I think Pamela Smith, she did her job. It was like over two or three month period. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I but could she draw, had the, you know, she had the knowledge in her mind about what I could what draw they a bunch of stick figures. <laughs> stick yeah. figure the tarot stick cards. figure tarot. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of um, funny, actually. They're yeah, all, you just have, draw it all in pen, uh-huh. you scribble stuff out. You know, there <laughs> probably is a stick figure tarot. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, there's probably up. a tarot yeah. for everything. There's a Garbage Pail Kids tarot oh, that uh, is going to be one. coming up. There you go. That I would yeah. invest in. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I still have some of my Garbage Pail Kids It's tarot. awful. There is really? one now. <laughs> I kind of figured it would be. Well, that is, that's how I would draw it. Like, that's pretty good. That's, that's better than you would it's draw. like what a school oh, teacher wow. would draw on the whiteboard. Uh-huh. The Hierophant, one of my favorite cards. That's funny. Or the High Priest. <laughs> Fool with his little dog and his uh-huh. hobo pack. Yeah, I like it. Sorry, Chris. Yeah. Somebody already did it. <laughs> Stick figure tarot. That's funny. Not happening. All right, we'll scratch that off. <laughs> oh my gosh, the knight. Look at his horse. Yeah, that's a good horse. That's better than any yeah. horse. Yeah. I've got a chapter on. You know the horses what? You can tarot. tell what they are. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. minimalism. That's fantastic. Exactly. Very much so. That is fantastic. That's pretty funny. <laughs> See, it exists. Right. I'm interested in the garbage pail kid one though. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So you broke I out your cards, or you through it? You gonna read someone? I think he was gonna read Julia, and then I, I was know. gonna give him. And then she was kind of starkly contrasting. I don't, I don't know how long tarot things take. It's so. as long as you I want it to gonna, take. I was just gonna ask about how we're doing on time, or you know. Yeah, we're okay. fine. You're the keeper of the time. We, yeah, we just oh, okay. kind of go until we just go until we feel like we're done. We're done, yeah. and or you feel like you want to go home, and <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sometimes well, our episodes are really last offensive. Really we'll kick you out. Time. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. No. no, you're gonna. So take... you're you're editing it together. And well, actually, we don't we don't edit for content. Yeah, I don't. Oh, okay. I'm lazy, and editing for content is really painful sometimes. Like we have episodes, like a lot of times if we do recordings like over the internet, 
Um, I have to splice a bunch of stuff together or we have broken up shows and I have to edit content like from 15 recordings into one. It takes a lot of time. So I can imagine. I tend to just, we, we like to have conversations and let them flow. And they flow and, and it's kind of hard to break up a flow. And so. sometimes they last, yeah. you know, 30 minutes and sometimes they last two hours and we're oh, like, really? oh shit, well, we better stop this. That's <laughs> okay. a little long. So, um, most of our episodes stay inside of two hours. So. Yeah, most of our interviews oh, are about an hour. Good. We should hour do 15. a group reading about the podcast and how the podcast is going to go. You do you. you you're I've never done tarot, one. so. It helps you understand your situation and make some future decisions. As long as yeah. there's not dead air, because dead air doesn't do dead. well on a podcast. No. Dead yeah. air is bad. He's not doing Reiki. He's doing tarot. Mm-hmm. He's reading the story. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Probably need okay. some room here. Okay, let's do it. Julia, so I I think the Celtic cross spread might be a little bit too lengthy, and so maybe a Maybe like a, a three card. Three card? Yeah, we'll do a three card. There's a book. Or we'll do a four card. We'll each pull okay, one card. Chris is going oh, okay. get some water real and, quick. And Chris so will we'll... pull the death card. <laughs> <laughs> he might. He always pulls the weird the weird cards because he's talking about them and puts that, <laughs> puts that puts out that into out the there. world. Yep. No, that's a good idea. We can each pull a card. Yeah, we'll each pull a card. And then it can be about our podcast journey. Okay. I want to pull the last one, though. I have a thing about going first. So. Okay. I love to go Sounds first. Good. There we go. Well, <laughs> we might as well start while Chris is... Oh, he's yeah. already back. He's We're back. each going to so pull a card. To grab so we're all going to do one, and it'll all be about our collective journey for the podcast. Okay. Okay. Who wants to go first? Me. Okay. Jeremy. All right, Jeremy. Should we go in order of how long we've been here? No. Because Bree I says she to wants last. to go last. Okay. In fact, I'll let you handle the cards. Yeah, and you pick out them. whatever card you like. Yeah, whatever card. It can even be upside we'll down. Mm-hmm. I like that one, whatever that because is. Because I like to read cards in reverse as well. Okay, whatever that is, that's the one I like. So you'll be viewing it from your end. Okay. And so it is in reverse. Okay. It's the three of wands and connected to business or pertaining to the podcast. I'm thinking... Well, let me explain the card itself first and then give you, you know, my thinking about that. Three of Wands is a very optimistic card. It can be associated with businesses, creativity. They're really hard to see, but we have three small ships at sea, and that represent the energies or the goods that this person is sending out, sending out to sea. Good vibes. Sending out your three ships. The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. <laughs> there you go. In reverse, though, and dun, dun, dun. by the way, the uh, basic tarot card meaning is the predominant one, either right side up or reverse. Mm-hmm. What I do is put layers on top of that interpretation in reverse. And so I see the, sh- the ships coming in. So, cool. you know, it's like karma, putting energy out in the universe and having it. Good return. things are coming our way. Yeah, we're good things. Yeah, increasing listeners. Making some money on this. Yeah, thing. you're going to be, you know, <laughs> going to have a famous TV show. And, and <laughs> there you go. On cable. Sweet. And, I got exactly. A, I got a face for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason we're on podcasts, not TV. <laughs> cool. Three represents stability. And so the three can also represent a tripod to the microphones that we talk into. Nice. And so I can see some, you know, or similarities. Or your three co-hosts. Exactly. Nice. So I'm the Santa Maria. Are we losing Santa Maria? But it's just about optimism and keeping your eye on the future, putting out your best. And by doing that, 
getting some good return toward that end. All right, good first card. Go me. All right. <laughs> Chris's turn. No, nope. right, Julia. Chris. Fine. You're right next to him. Oh, okay, Julia. There you go. Don't pick my card. Yeah, well, She's going to watch that... everyone pick the exact same card. No, uh, I won't. That would be weird. Okay. All right. This is your favorite card. The Fool. Yay! All right. I love that card. <laughs> I'm a newbie. This week on Julie the does everything. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, we do do a podcast. For That's my five, intro line. <laughs> for five years as a hobby, that would signify fools <laughs> in a lot of ways. It doesn't necessarily mean an idiot. No, it just remember. Yeah, well, it it represents, you know, the beginning of a fool's journey. Uh, it can represent uh, child spirit uh, spirits that are, mm-hmm. you know, still are to be reincarnated in the physical form. And we start, you know, at the fool in his bag or satchel. I believe that uh, consists of past lives, talents that you have that you can incorporate and that you do incorporate in the podcast. And so just having, always having that, you know, youthful attitude, uh, you know, that excitement, uh, being able to uh, take a leap of faith. If you look at the fool card, of course, he has his dog companion, but he's about ready to, you know, step off a cliff. Now, we don't know how long that cliff is, but he's, you know, looking up in the sky. And so he's just kind of going along merrily. And, you know, quite honestly, people that want to start businesses, if they knew what (laughs) it entailed, you know, they wouldn't be as excited, you know, within reason, of course. naive. Yeah, naive. And so... Being a fool has some good points to it, too. It gives you the encouragement to take that final leap, like when I decided to resign at IRS so that I could focus on. Right. That's always terrible. Yep. And so. Makes a lot of sense to me. I talk about my little brand new business all the time, Uh and I'm the newest one on the show. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm still learning. So. Makes sense to me. We don't know what we're oh. doing either. We just don't tell All right, Chris, that. pull well, the death card. Well, you just did. <laughs> that, that's how you get away with stuff, is you just act like you know what <laughs> He wants doing. to go last, so it's Chris. All right, Chris. Oh, okay. Pick your favorite oh. card. Death. I'm just pulling up. If, if one jumps out, technically, oh. usually that means you're supposed to take it that one. Like five. They, yeah, they make really good uh, clarifier cards. I don't want to, like, riffle shuffle his cards, because I totally would. So what is this? Ah. The Knight of Wands. I love knights. That's the one you were looking at on the crappy stick figure picture. (laughs) They're always on horses. There are seven horses in the Waitsmith deck. And in a spread... They're not the seven horses of the apocalypse, are they? No, No, they're not. It's the four horses of the apocalypse. That could be seven. Could be associated with that. (laughs) Sure. No, no, no. The four horses are associated with specific plague. of the the apocalypse. Not the four horses of the apocalypse. Maybe they picked up some friends on the way in from the apocalypse. Okay, you too. Okay, what does the card actually mean? Neither of you were right. <laughs> Moving forward. Knights, in my mind, uh, pages are youth. Knights are middle-aged. Well, there you go. Moving forward. I like the, the horses because it does show That's that... It's fucking true. We're all middle-aged. Well, and, well, and I'm the young Then fool. there's the older people like me, mm-hmm. which represent the kings and queens. And so... You've got your ride, you're moving forward in life, you've got that wand, that creativity. That wand can also represent that mic stand that you're talking into as well. And so just moving forward and having a clear direction to move forward, using your creativity, using the horse as a vehicle toward that end. Kind of, you know, well, as 
kind of a term for that. So. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Hi, Bree. I just want to know, before Bree draws her card, I have to know from Jeremy. So, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are conquest, war, famine, and death. What are the other three that you think exist? Well, you got to have, like, earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> <laughs> Are we just gonna start listening to disco? <laughs> first, yeah. first, I want to say Jeremy thought it was the seven horses of the apocalypse. We gotta call this to one Earth, Chris, Wind, and Fire now. To which Chris corrected go. it to be the four horses of the apocalypse. Uh, I said horsemen. No, I swear you said horses. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wind and fire. <laughs> All right, Bree. Water is clearly not apocalyptic, so. <laughs> I don't know. It could be. Water's not apocalyptic? Apparently not in Jeremy's eyes. Conquest, oh. war, famine, death, earth, wind, and fire. That's <laughs> yeah. a I was just Well, because uh-huh. the flood, the great flood already happened, right? Could, that could be its song right there. Hmm. <laughs> All right, Bree, pick wow. your favorite card. Okay. Yeah, please, let's All keep right. this thing rolling. Cause All right. <laughs> there you go. I think the episode rails. needs to be called Earth, Wind, and Fire now. No. Yeah. No, we'll get Maybe sued for copyright infringement. Music background. <laughs> I pretty, pretty you want, I'll play some Earth, Wind, and Fire. For those who can't see, which is I'm everybody. Squish, I'm squishing them around. Squish. Doing, Doing the mud, mud pie. pie. Yep. I actually like Make things it to messy. Be, I like things to be very tidy, but I don't know. This feels right, so. Okay. Here we go. Very good. The queen You, your queen. Mm-hmm. And it's the queen you're old. One. You're looking at it, so... <laughs> I am old, but your dad's always older. Life experience. <laughs> Mature. Maturity. Queen of Cups. Of course, that cup represents the element of water, which is connected There's to the our water. emotions. <laughs> and so just a, a caring person uh, has a big heart. And, uh, you know, the queens, they can also represent a client. A client can choose one to represent them. Having that... Uh, Feminine energy of intuition, going by your gut feelings, creativity, all these are aspects of, you know, the queens and the high priestess, the empress in the deck. There are also masculine uh, aspects as well. But that, I think that just show you, you know, being the queen of, you know, and if you connected with the podcast, kind of being the queen of the podcast, you know? <laughs> the, kind drama of that, the drama queen. Well, that, that or just being, you know, your... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm all of uh, y'all's mother. She keeps us all in check. You're not my so mother. Just so to get us that. all back on track all the yeah. time. Do you call her mommy? Mothering instinct. Oh, that would be weird. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking weird. You can't why, ask that. Why is daddy not weird, but mommy is? Ah, daddy good, is weird. That's a good point. I don't know. Okay. Daddy is weird. <laughs> Mommy's oh, more daddy. weird. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, in, in bed? The, in the throes of passion. <laughs> no, I think mommy's way weird. Going down another weird path. I, I, I feel like that's the, uh, the, uh, what is it? The, the hierarchy, not the hierarchy, the patriarchy in you, you that think that daddy is okay and mommy is not because they should both be okay. they, they are both parental equally. names so they should all either, either both be okay or both be weird <laughs> they both i don't the make the rules thing. have you guys seen the video of the kid that like, like I said, the patriarchy he comes to dinner with the girl and like as he walks in he's like oh hi nice to meet you yeah she calls me daddy i understand she calls you that as well but for for keeping things clear can she just call me daddy and you dad <laughs> I have not seen that. People are <laughs> so weird. So good. I'll have to find it for you. Uh, all right. On the so back of our right. serious reading, 
All right, now we should let our guests pull the oracle card. Yep. So they're they're not upside down, and they say what they're for on it. Okay. So you'll pick whatever one out. You'll read the circle side, and then you'll read whatever it says on the back. Okay. And that's for your journey with your tarot readings. This is the right, tune that's going to play you into the apocalypse right here. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Alan, Alan knows Earth, Wind, and Fire. All right. What's I know it say? Earth, Wind, and it Fire. It says, fucking apologize. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, uh-huh. Alan, for this <laughs> show. <laughs> There's a unicorn with a circle and an X drawn through it. Yeah, it's I'm called not the really... Rebel Deck. Oh, okay. That's just a logo. I'm, I'm terribly sorry yeah. for Jeremy. Not into it. <laughs> what does it say on the back? On the back. Seriously, just do it. Apologize. Amazingly appropriate because yeah. I'm in the process of just starting to do it. Just do it. Not sitting in my lazy boy at home watching cable, but actually getting my butt out there mm-hmm. and doing what I love. Well, I think that's uh, also an appropriate just word of advice. Like, just fucking apologize. When yeah, you screw yeah. up, when you do something wrong, you know, just apologize. It makes life exactly. a lot easier. Just admit when you're wrong. Yeah. Well, Alan, how can people get a hold of you if they want to take a class or have a private reading or maybe have 15 readings in a party with some people? Okay. I'm no longer on Facebook or Instagram because I was tired of the misinformation <laughs> with the COVID as well as the politics. And quite honestly, I really didn't pick up that many clientele being on there. I did the tarot card of the day for a couple of years. I also did a Facebook Live every every Sunday. And I enjoyed doing that because I was able to really study the cards and, you know, be even more familiar with them since we're focusing on a tarot card a day. And so I do have a YouTube channel, which showcases my magic. And that is under my full name, which is A-L-A-N-D-E-E and then G-E-D-D-E-S. And as I mentioned, I've got 25 of uh, some of my favorite card and coin effects. And, you know, please subscribe. I'm going to be putting some more content on shortly. Uh, I've been creating some new magic. And so you should be seeing that within, you know, a a few weeks. Awesome. And you can also get a hold of me, you know, with my email address, which is gettusmagic, M-A-G-I-C, at gmail.com. Perfect. It's good. Email. And then you're at, where are you at again? I'm at the Monarch in the Ogden, in Ogden. Art Studio, and that is on 25th, just right below Adams. Yep. And it's a wonderful atmosphere. Well, that's where Iron Pine that's is out of yeah. the that's, Yeah, we've grabbed a few people from there. For, right. So we've had yeah. on the show. They hold a lot of weddings there, too, and so yeah. it's just a very positive That's a atmosphere. really cool place, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us oh, and, and uh, reading a little bit of tarot for us, and uh, it was a fun conversation. Oh, well, thank you. Glad to be here. Well, that's going to do it for the episode this week. Um, episode 306, not a prime number, Jeremy. Next week. Next week's prime. Next, ring, next week is a prime number. You can call it a prime episode. If you remember, maybe I'll even make that the this title. Week on the new Utah podcast, Prime. <laughs> uh, thanks again to our, our guest, Ellen D. Geddes, uh, and the tarot card reading. That's always uh, uh, fun to do stuff like that. Uh, so go check him out at the the Monarch up in Ogden. Uh, Ogden's not as scary as it used to be. It's a nice little place up there. You can go up there. They they have normal non-criminals. It's mostly just college kids up there now. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's very very gentrified uh, in the old bad part of Ogden now. Um, so you know, old Twenty Fifth Street. Oh, that's the place to hang out now. Yeah, yeah. that's where all... It's the best spot in town, honestly. Got all gentrified. It's like super nice over there. That's where the nice breweries is that used to be a different movie theater that served beer. Like three different ones that I knew. (laughs) But it's actually... It's a really nice theater um, that you can happen to buy beer and food at. So uh, I encourage everyone to go visit that part of Ogden. It's it's not a bad place to go. that theater with like... The Egyptian hieroglyphs on the outside? No, that's the Egyptian. It's called the Egyptian. <laughs> and that's a really okay. freaking cool theater. The Egyptian is actually a theater they show a lot of independent films yeah. in. It's uh, Sundance always shows stuff there. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's a, the Egyptian's a really cool theater up there. The original Ogden. one's in Park City. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, that's it. Um, you know, hopefully you guys have a good week. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Check Bye. Out. Check out oh, all yeah. the usuals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The social media stuff that we <laughs> talk about. Uh, at TNU Podcast everywhere, or thenewutah.com is the uh, the website to go to. I promise eventually I'll put blogs that I have to write up. Um, I think there's two waiting on me now after this episode. Um, there's the hotdog-water.com. Yep. You can get to us there as well. It's a very great website. <laughs> it's awesome because I didn't. I keep forgetting we got that domain. <laughs> I didn't privacy that domain, so it's got my info on it. So I get all the freaking spam from the web companies. Like, hey, we can make your website better. I'm like, really? You can because it's like that's not a real website. I don't you know if hotdogwater.com right. it has, can get any better. It has a redirect to our website. Like, it's it's pretty much just our website, guys. <laughs> so anyway, uh, have a good week, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week during a prime number. 